Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our senior leader, Ben Kendrew. We hope you enjoy today's message. read today from Isaiah chapter 43 and then Isaiah chapter 54. And we are declaring the new and we are preparing for the new. That's what the next chapter series is about. Declaring the new and preparing for the new. Isaiah 43 verses 18 to 21. God says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. In every campus and online, why don't you shout the word new? One, two, three, new. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you see it? Do you not see it? The Bible says. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls too for giving them water in a desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. That's for someone here today. God brings refreshing to your heart. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Isaiah 54 verses 1 to 5 says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into joy, loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. You who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. So enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle ruined cities. Amen. Fear not. Here's a word for Arise Church. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you, for you will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrow of widowhood, for your Creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is His name. He is your Redeemer, the Holy One, the God of all the earth. Let's pray today right across the country. God, I ask You to speak. Holy Spirit, minister to hearts today. I declare that you would move, you would shift something in our hearts first, in our minds. Lord, that you would breathe today and over these coming weeks as we dive into the next chapter that you have for us as your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In the next chapter, we're declaring the new and we're preparing for the new. We're going to dream. Campus pastors over the coming weeks are going to declare vision for their region, for their location. We're going to put our trust in God in a new and fresh way. We're going to call each and every believer for your family, for your workplace, for your school, for your university to go again, to dare to dream, to ask God, what have you got me here on earth for? In the next chapter, we're going to go for it. You know, in any great story, any great, any great novel, any great story that we follow, the next chapter must flow on from what has gone before, acknowledging what has been, but then embracing the next. In a good story, a chapter cannot ignore the previous chapter. It wouldn't make sense. It would be very frustrating as a reader. It doesn't make any sense. If you've ever read one of those children's pick-a-path book, 
but not followed at the bottom where it says skip to page 72 and just read it in order. It makes no sense. And our life, the journey that God has us on, it's okay to acknowledge the chapter that's been, but we must stay focused on the next. That's what God is calling his people to. However, the next chapter cannot also just relive the previous chapter, just rinse and repeat, just go again, just do the same things. See, God said to the people of Israel, who he had done great and mighty things in their history and in their journey, he said, forget all that, I got something new. And I believe that's a word for us today. We're not going to skew the narrative of our past. We're going to embrace it. We're going to say, God, what have you got from us for us to learn from what has been before? And where are you taking us into the new? As a church, as leadership, as pastors, but actually as individuals, I want to declare that we're not going to be so cynically minded that we view everything from our history as flawed and broken, but we're also not so naive that we think everything before was perfect, rosy. Because I know in my life, at 39 years old this week, that there's not, yeah, thank you. Yeah, happy birthday to me. <laughs> that not every moment of those 39 years is, am I amazingly proud of, but also not every moment of those 39 years should I be deeply ashamed of. That's the journey of life here in this world. And that's the journey of our house, our family, this community of believers. We acknowledge the great things that God has done in the house of Arise for two decades. I am a trophy of grace, and I'm so thankful that a friend invited me into this church 20 years ago. Said, come on, shake off, the, shake off you know, that complacency and get back in the house of God. I'm thankful for the friends I've made. I'm thankful for the discipleship in this house. I'm thankful I get to raise my kids in a children's ministry that's not babysitting, but is passionate about the Word of God. I'm thankful for so many things. And all the glory goes to God, not to man, not to leaders, not to people, not to a building, not to songs, not to lights, not to sound, but to our great God, that His name would be made great. So we can celebrate what has been before and we must learn from what has been before. And with every great story, with every great journey, we learn along the way, we grow, we improve, we become more like Christ and less like this world. That's our journey here on earth until we enter eternity as individuals and as the collective church. So the next chapter we embrace, we walk towards, we engage with what you're going to do, God. That's our prophetic declaration. Why, why, why Isaiah? Why have I been, why have we, why have uh, here in Wellington, our campus pastor, Chris White shared with the leadership team a number of months ago what God was speaking through Isaiah. I, I, I wrestled with why Isaiah. Look, he's one of the major prophets. It's got a, a lot of chapters, you know, in the, in the Old Testament there. But there's something powerful about the prophetic declarations to the people of God that resonate with us at Arise and actually with the New Testament church at large. We know that throughout the New Testament, the writers often referred to Isaiah as a, as a point for God's heart and covenant, shows us His covenant for His people, His heart for His people. And the themes and messages throughout the prophetic book of Isaiah, I believe are particularly pertinent for Arise right now. He, he constantly points to Jesus. That's what we're here to do. Constantly point to Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, our King, our Lord. 
What we know about the prophet Isaiah through study is that he was a man of great character and conviction, that the reason that his words were received by kings in that time, not every prophet got to have an audience with the kings in the Old Testament. Many of them just shared in the public sphere. Isaiah got to speak with kings, and part of that was because of his integrity, a man of conviction and a man of uncompromising, clear heart for God. Secondly, his prophetic call to the people of God, to the church, the collective church, the ecclesia, is to a people who are actually in a time of distress and challenge. And look, if you want to spend a few months studying and reading Isaiah, you got to settle up, church. I just want to let you know, chapters 1 to 39, oof, pretty challenging reading. It's essentially a call to repentance, a conviction, a challenge. I want to let you know that broadly speaking, from chapter 40 through to the end of the book of Isaiah is a declaration of comfort for God's people, hope, restoration of the church, of lifting eyes again. And that's where I believe we are as a church right here, right now. It's time to go again. So that key uh, passage that I read at the beginning, Isaiah 43, 19, it's so well known. If you have been in any church environment for a number of years, I'm sure you've heard, see, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Watch it spring up, all the different translations. I'm, all you, I'm sure you've heard it, but I want you to know that Isaiah spoke that as a deep encouragement into the heart of God's people who were without hope and without faith. In fact, one commentator said, to so low an ebb were the faith and hope of God's people in Babylon that there needed to be line upon line upon line to reassure them that they would be released of captivity and therefore they should have strong consolation. And so the assurances in Isaiah are often repeated very expressively and deeply encouragingly. Does anyone want some deep encouragement from God today? Maybe up in Palmerston North, maybe in Dunedin. I know I need deep encouragement in my spirit, line upon line from the Word of God. And look, at times, the faith and hope of God's people here in this house, we hit a low ebb over the last season, and understandably so. It's been confronting, it's been convicting, it's been challenging, and sometimes that's unfair and unjust, and sometimes it's necessary and needed. But regardless, at times, my faith and hope have been drained, and so I'm thankful for the Word of God through the prophet Isaiah saying, come on, dare to dream. God's doing something new. And I want to say, church, come on, dare to dream. God's doing something new. God's doing something new. In the, in the, in the New Testament, the writer of Romans recognizes that, yes, we will, we will have challenges, but God will always use those to take us toward glory. Romans 8, verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing. Whatever you are facing, it's real. Maybe you watched that video today and said, well, I'm here by myself and my spouse is angry at home right now. What you're facing can be for the glory of God, for the saving and changing of many lives. It is nothing compared to the glory that he'll reveal to us later. 10 verses later, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything. Someone in every campus say everything, everything. God causes everything 
to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Is there anyone in Arise who loves God and is called according to His purpose today in any location? Come on, Christchurch. Is there anyone who loves God? Is there anyone called according to His purpose? Well, we trust God. He replenishes. He revives. He restores. That's who He is. That's who He is. Earlier this week on Tuesday, our eldest daughter, Lily, she's, a, she's an amazing cook and a great blessing, always helping, often eager to help. She was in the kitchen helping Amy prepare dinner for the family and with a, a new uh, slice, a new razor, uh, uh, what's it called, grater, she sliced her fingertip. I hate it. Even talking about it right now, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So I took her to the, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. It was, it was a pretty good cut. Um, took her to the, uh, to the 24 hours And uh, man, number one, can I just say, thank you to every person working in the New Zealand healthcare system. We are deeply grateful. It was Tuesday night at 6 p.m. and the place was so crowded. There was so much going on, but people were doing everything they could to meet the needs of those there, including my precious 12-year-old who was so brave. But what what I was struck by is when we saw the triage nurse, they said this. They said, well, firstly... Thankfully, it hasn't, hasn't made major damage. And the good thing about fingers or hands is that the skin can replenish well and will regenerate as new. Here's what I wrote down in my phone that night. They said, you'll likely have no scar. The wound will heal, the scab will fall away, the old will fall away, and there'll be new skin in its place. I declare that for a rise church that there'll be no scars other than the scars that we, that we thank our God for and worship this morning on His nail-pierced hands, that we have a new skin, a fresh start, replenishment in Jesus' mighty name. As Corinthians says, that the old is gone and the new has come. That's the redemptive power of the gospel. And if our God is God, and if we trust Him as a church family, if we trust Him as a believer and follower of Jesus, then we know He is faithful. He is true to His Word. So we believe that He is doing something new, and we're ready to get on board with the next chapter. What's so powerful about Isaiah 43, 18 is that just before it, what I didn't read today, is that God has just reminded the Israelites of how He took them through the Red Sea out of slavery in Egypt and toward the promised land. So you can read, remember how I parted the sea and you walked through on dry land. One of the greatest miracles recorded, one of the greatest movies that DreamWorks ever made, Prince of Egypt. And he says, remember that? No, actually, forget about that. That's a confronting verse. Verse 18, that's actually really challenging. All the great things I have done in your life. Ben, the amazing things I've done in your life. I believe God's saying, you can forget that because it is nothing compared to what I have in store for you in the next chapter. There are some people listening today, tuning in online today, and campuses up and down the country today, and that is the word for you. Forget all that. Forget all that. There are things you are carrying into your new day that you must leave at the altar, at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ today. Why? Because it's hindering you. Why did God say that to the Israelites? 
Because as they needed to come out of captivity again in Babylon, if they were only holding on to the old things that God had done, it would hinder and restrict them from stepping into the new. We must not let our perceived loyalty or admiration for the past hinder us from engaging with what God is doing now and what He's going to do in the future. What has gone before, the good, the bad, the ugly, we forget it. We let it go. We step into the new and the next. And here's the next verse. For I am about to do something new. That sounds exciting, but he doesn't stop there. See, I've already begun. That has gripped my heart for weeks on end. God is already doing something powerful in your life, in your family. Even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And God is already doing something powerful in Arise Church, in Whangarei, in Hamilton, in Palmerston North, on the Kapiti Coast, in Masterton, here in Wellington, in Potirua. He's doing something new in Selwyn and Christchurch and Dunedin. He's already begun. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that our God is still moving? That's what's gripped my heart. And it says, can you perceive it? Can, can you see it? Can you see it? That's what He's asking us today. Can we see what God is doing? So I wanted to help the church. I want to help you see just little stories I don't think I'm going to do quite as good a job as that powerful life group testimony video today. I don't know how many tears were flowing in your campus, but it's powerful what God is already doing. But a few weeks ago, we had a youth and young adult conference here in Wellington. People from every campus joined. One of the so many testimonies, literally I'm hearing most days during the week in the church office about another teenager, another young adult who something came alive for them. It's amazing. Praise God. But one of the ones I loved personally, was that there was testimonies from many people, many who have been in a rise for a long time. One young person who's been here since they were a small child, now in their 20s, said, this one felt different, but good different. That there was an ease and a grace. It's a beautiful thing. Something else uh, that was awesome about YXYA was that there was an overwhelming number of people here in Wellington who wanted to be on the parents' team. I just want to let you know, after years of youth and young adult ministry, that is a miracle in motion when people are like, hey, yeah, I'm in my 40s, 50s, 60s, but I'll go to the youth conference for two days. I'll be around the smelly teenagers. It was amazing. It was an overwhelming team because of the heart of this house and what God is doing. That coupled with, across our church, amazing generosity from the older generation saying, we'll sponsor, we'll fly people, we'll get you there to be in the house of God. God is already doing something new. This week, I heard stories of people in their 60s and 70s who have been part of this church for many, many years who have come to the campus pastor and said, my hand is up. I'm willing to go again. I want to bring my gifts, my wisdom to serve and build. And the campus pastor looking to activate them immediately. God is doing something new. Amen. We reinstigated uh, giving a Bible, offering a Bible to everyone who responds in an altar call this, uh, this year. And already people have come alive in the first time they've got a Bible and God's speaking to them. And then in our Hamilton campus, some passionate Jesus-loving people were like, well, if we're giving Bibles to people, let's make sure we got the Bibles and began to resource and give over and above so that Arise could buy more Bibles both Old and New Testament, bum, 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 to give to new Christians. 
God is doing something new. Amen. I recently spoke to someone after a service here at the Arise Center. They'd served on the worship team that morning. And they've served in the worship team for many years previous, but over the last year or so, not as much as before. And she shared how she'd been so in awe of what God was doing as she come back into the team. She said two things. There's been a sweet spirit and an ease, particularly before services. That's a beautiful thing to testify from the worship team. And secondly, the hunger and passion of our church community when we gather to worship. God is already doing it. Do we perceive it? The verse goes on to say that I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland and even wild animals will be thankful for water. It's a promise not just to take people out of Babylon and out of pain, but into something great. I bring refreshing. I bring refreshing. Rivers in a dry wasteland. Do you see the parallel here? A few verses before, that's like a juxtaposition. He said, I separated the waters so you could go through on dry land. I made a way. Now I bring water back to refresh you, to restore you, to give you what you need. And it's not just for you, people of God. It's for the wild animals. Or we could put it this way. It's not just for us here on a Sunday, but it's for your workmate, your flatmate, your sports team member. It's for your neighbour. It's for someone who you interact with at a cafe every morning. They need the living water. And I'm declaring in the next chapter that rivers of life would flow out, out of this house, out of your life, and into the lives of those around you. What God is doing for us isn't just for us. What God is beginning to do in and for Arise will bring life into the world around us. I believe those who seem far away from God will come to the river. Those who have drifted away, it's already happening. See, it's already begun. We'll return to the river. Those who are hurting and yearning, thirsting after something meaningful, will find it at the river. Amen? Amen. He's doing something new. He's doing something new. He's doing something new. I want to let you know that in August, we're going to have seven days of prayer and fasting in the middle of this series, and that's on purpose. Because this is not about our efforts. As a, as a person or as a church. It's, we need, the living water only comes from the living God. And we're gonna press in from the 6th to the 13th of August. We're gonna say, God, all we want, all we need is you. Let rivers of life flow. And I wanna stir you now. You don't have to wait till 6th of August, by the way, to be praying for God to move and for your church. You don't have to wait till then to fast. But I'm believing that's gonna be a miracle week for Arise Church as we make that moment. So we're declaring the new. And finally, we are preparing for the new. Remember in Isaiah 54, it says, it's a call to sing, to speak, to praise before the promise comes to pass. Before it's happened, childless woman, the New Living Translation says. It doesn't say, sing, O once barren woman, praise when you've had the child. It calls the people of God to declare what is yet to come because we are a faith people. We are a faith people. Things that we hope for and dream for, the unseen things that God is calling us to. So we sing and we praise and we, and, we, and we declare and we prepare and we prepare because after it calls us to sing, it says, enlarge your tent. In the NIV or the New King James Version, it says, 
lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. We've got to prepare. We've got to get ready for what God is going to do. I do not want to be a generation where God said, I was ready to move, but the church wasn't ready, wasn't prepared. So we've got to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. It says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out and descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the cities. I'm passionate that this house won't be a house that only sees, only, this is powerful, but not only sees converts to Christ, hands up in an altar call moment saying, yes, I need a Saviour. Oh dear God, let that be the case in every service that Arise has. Every time we offer the invitation of the Gospel, let hearts come back to You. But not only that, let it begin a journey of becoming like Christ of building resilient disciples that will not be shaken when the storms of this world come. I'm passionate that those new Christians, as well as me, as well as you, every person will grow in our faith, will be strengthened and discipled so we can go about fulfilling the Great Commission. And for that to happen, we must strengthen our stakes. So I want to say outright, that is what our New Day Dawn's offering on August 20 is about strengthening the stakes for what God is about to do. I do not want to watch a move of God go past and the church of Aotearoa wasn't ready. Strong stakes in the ground. The ability to house what God is doing in the tabernacle. What does strengthening the stakes look like for us right now? Strong services on Sundays and Fridays and whenever we gather with clear and sound teaching of the Bible, with a hunger for the presence of God, and with consistent, satisfactory venues in every location. Oh, we are blessed here at the Arise Centre in Christchurch. I think there's two Sundays a year. We're not at the Aurora Centre, but so many campuses bump in, bump out, move downtown, change around. And we are declaring that we would strengthen the stakes in the months and years ahead to have a Sunday gathering in the same place every week. In Jesus' mighty name, strong life groups, strengthening the stakes where genuine relationships are formed, prayer and encouragement happens, pastoral care is administered, discipleship happens, where believers, like today's video declares, how powerful is that? But how many more in our towns and cities need that kind of community to see the love of Jesus transform their lives? Strengthening the stakes is strong kids ministry, strong youth ministry, strong young adults ministry, Strengthening the stakes is healthy and vibrant campuses up and down Aotearoa that have the resourcing for what is needed in your town and in your city. Strengthening the stakes looks like continuing to increase our love in action through Arise Care. We need to prepare. Why doesn't the worship team join me in every campus as we begin to get ready to worship our God and declare that the new is coming. We've got to declare the new. And we've got to prepare for the new. We need to disciple and train. We need to equip the saints. Do you know that there's a leadership void in the church of New Zealand right now? I have so many conversations with pastors, churches large and small, saying we don't have enough people willing to lead and step into what God is asking. It's time to step up. This is the case in our house. 
In every campus, there's a need for life group leaders, Arise Kids leaders, youth leaders to disciple a generation into the things of God and out of this broken world. There are opportunities right now in this church to step into full-time ministry for the cause of Christ. And I believe today that God is speaking into hearts and you may be in your 50s and 60s and God is saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. Or you may be 25 and feeling like I'm so unqualified, I'm not ready to go. But God is saying, I'm already doing a new thing. The call for the church today is do we see it? And will we prepare? Will we prepare? I think about this so often. What if each one of us hearing this message today, we went about sowing seeds of faith for the Great Commission every day of our week. And then next week, someone in your work responds to that seed. Someone at your school actually says, I want to find out more about your God. What happens then? Do we have the space to house the harvest that God has? We've got to strengthen the stakes. We've got to enlarge the curtain. We've got to have capacity to care for, to connect with, to disciple and champion people into the things of Christ. So we declare the new today and we prepare for the new. In every location, can you stand to your feet in the presence of God? God is doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? My prayer for today and for the next four weeks of this series is that hearts would come alive with perception of what God is doing. That you would begin to see what He's doing in your house your home, your whānau, your whānau, and you would see what He's doing in this house. We've been declaring, Amy's been prophesying that prodigals and provision would return to the house of God. Again, a promise from Isaiah in chapter 60, you can read that one. And that God's temple would be made glorious. The next chapter, if it was about us, our warm, fuzzy feelings on a Sunday, patting ourselves on the back and saying, everyone come and look at what we're up to, it'll fall over. I promise you that. But if the next chapter is about making the name of Jesus famous in our generation, if the next chapter is about making His temple glorious, then if God is on it, no man can stand against it. So it's time to declare the new and it's time to prepare for the new. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.